is up, my friends? This is episode 27 of Jason Lanier Unfiltered. This is part two of my trip to the Amazon. I walked you guys through some really crazy stuff with the part one, and I didn't want to make these too long, so I have split this into a two-parter, and I hope you enjoy it. So get ready for this, my friends. You're going to have a lot of fun, and I'm going to be sharing some really cool stuff in here. So grab your uh, popcorn. Listen in your car, whatever you're doing, let's have some fun and get into a part two of my trip to the Amazon. Brian shows up three hours later. Uh, it starts raining again and we drive to an area called Lago Agrio. We get a hotel for the night. Now, I'll, I'll, now when I say a hotel, this was a like a step above a hostel. But after you've been bathing in the woods and so on and so forth for days, um, a step above a hostel feels like the freaking JW Marriott. It was incredible just to stay in a bed. Um, um, all of us have our own separate places and be able to be there and take a shower. Just the shower was sent from Santa Maria de Guadalupe. It was incredible. And so getting there was really cool. Um, getting in there and just being able to relax was really fun. Well, that kicked off the second half of our trip. We're going to an area called Cuyaveno, which is where we met our new guide, two of them, Pablo and Victor. Pablo is really is really the one who set everything up, and so Victor is the one who took us everywhere. Well, what was the first impression of Pablo was very funny because he laughs like this. Hee, hee, hee. And the first thing the shot says to him, she says, you laugh like a dolphin, which made him laugh even more. And so he starts laughing. Um, and then we take off the following morning to Cuyaveno. That's another two and, a half, two and a half hour drive. So getting into Cuyaveno was definitely different than Yasuni. Yasuni's in the extremes of roughing it. Cuyaveno was definitely not, you know, not what we're used to traveling like, but it was a step above. That's for sure. Uh, that is for sure. And so we got into uh, the canoes. We took another canoe ride. And I, I, I got to be honest with you. I love the canoe rides. I absolutely love being on the canoes in the Amazon. It's so much fun. And so uh, we got we got down into um, our camp area. And, as, you know, you get into the camp area. And this is definitely different, again, than Yasuni. You get down there. They have some – they have walking trails that you can take which are walking in the middle of the jungle, make no mistake about it. And they tell you to be very careful when you do it. Um, but also in the camp area, um, there's wooden boards that you can walk around on. And those serve two purposes. A, you know, you can have a, a pretty flat surface. And B, when it does rain, you're not just walking in complete mud or walking through water. So that's really nice. Each of us had our own cabana. Uh, cabana, you know, whatever you want to call it. Oh, I'll say this much. Sleeping in the tent in Yasuni was honestly tough. I'm not going to lie. It was honestly tough. And again, I've camped a lot in my life, but it was a mixture of being very hot and cold at the same time. At least it was for me. And so by the, and with the bugs and everything else, it was, it was hard. And so by the time I, we got into Cuyabeno, um, and you get into these cabanas. These cabanas are, it's like a little log cabin. It's not, yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. It's like a little log cabin. And it has a it has a bed in there, which was really nice. 
um, and then it had a huge mosquito net over it, like a princess bed, which was really, really cool. And so, um, you know, you could sleep in there. And so I had these candles that were meant to repel mosquitoes that we started using down in the, the Shiripuno Lodge, um, the, um, you know, the, the lodge where we stayed, where this, the Wadani's Lodge. And there's these candles that you burn that, you know, puts off a scent to really, you know, um, you know, get rid and expel the mosquitoes and other, you know, flying creatures that want to eat your face. And so we were using these candles and they were really working to help us, you know, alleviate the mosquito problem. And so, um, we got down there, we set all this up. We went and did a shoot in the jungle with the shot, which was really cool. She dressed up like a Jaguar, really cool shoot. We went and did that. And following the shoot, um, we were excited because these cabanas also had showers. Well, so you, you know, and they're all private. And so you had your own bed, your own shower, which is really cool. So this would be a great area to bring a group. So Yasunis would be definitely for people who want more of an extreme uh, version. And, uh, you know, Kuyabene would be for more people who want a less extreme. Um, and there's, there's pluses and minuses to both experiences. And that's just the truth. So we get in here and um, um, as soon as we finished that shoot, everybody was in desperate need. We had, we had, in this one day, we had gone five hours up the river from Yasuni. No, excuse me. We had driven from Lago Agrio because we had already left Yasuni. We had driven two hours, then taken another canoe right down into the camp. Then we went and shot everybody's hot, humid, dirty, everything else. And uh, so then... Everybody wanted a shower. So we get into our respective rooms, ready to take showers, so on and so forth. And it was really funny because you can talk to each other, even though the, the cabanas are like 10 feet apart, 15 feet feet, feet apart from one another. Um, you have privacy because all the drapes can be closed, but um, but there's no windows. Um, there's no glass, I should say, um, because they need airflow. And so you can hear one another. So if you're playing music, you hear the other person's music. Uh, there's just screens up. It keeps the bugs out, but, you know, you can hear everything that everybody else is doing. So it was really funny because I, I called out to Christian. I'm like, yo, um, do you have water in your shower? He's like, it's like a trickle. And so none of us could really get much water out of the showers. And so then, you know, um, you don't want to come across as that American dude who – who's like, hey, I can't believe this. This doesn't have any water. And so I go out and I, I try to take a shower just like the rest of them. And it really didn't work well at all. And so then we go out and we start talking to Pablo. And he's like, you know, the shower doesn't have a lot of water, does it? And I said, no. He goes, you guys should go swim in the river. And I said, wait a minute. You want me to swim in the river that has piranhas? Yeah, go for it. We do it all the time. Now, this is funny because down in Yasuni, the Waurani also told us, one of the guys that I named Pinche Octavio, Octavio is hilarious. His name is Waimo Mimo in Waurani. But regardless, he would say the piranhas are your friends. And I said, how can freaking piranhas be your friends? He goes, well, they won't bite you. If you swim or bathe in areas where the boats go a lot because they're scared of the boats. But if you go in areas where there are no boats, they'll they'll eat you alive. But if you swim in areas where um, there are a lot of boats and canoes going through, they're more more timid. 
And I said, oh, I'm not so sure if I believe that. And he says, well, at least they won't like attack, attack you. They may nibble on you. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Anyway, so he's like, y'all should go swimming in the river and go bathe. What? <laughs> now, this is another thing for me. Now I've been bathed, bathing in the, in the middle of the freaking um, woods butt naked. And I'm like, okay, I'm not swimming butt naked with a group of people where there's piranhas. I mean, a guy's got to have some limits. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't want this thing nibbling on me. You guys already tried to get me to tie my thing up against my, my stomach. Now you want me to go. No, I'm not doing it. I don't need to be using it as bait. Anyway, Christian's like, come on, Yeti, let's go, let's go swim in the, in the river. And the shot's like, yeah, let's go swim. And I'm like, you guys want to swim in the river for reals? Yeah. Yeah, what the hell? Now, I don't have a bathing suit, okay? So I'm just like, okay, whatever. I just, <laughs> you talk about inhibitions, right? I just like, whatever. Now, now in front of other people, I'm not going to get naked. That's just, that's not going to happen, okay? But I did just get my nicest pair of underwear on. <laughs> And I laugh talking about it because if you've ever known me, this is like so out of out of my comfort zone. But I'm like, whatever. I'm in the Amazon. This is this is ridiculous. And so we go. So and I we go down there, and I'm like, okay, let's go. And they're like, all right, you get in first. Now this is what cracked them up. They're like, they had to kind of say, come on, Jason, just come down here. And so I was like, all right, fine. Christian's like, come on, Yeti, let's go, let's go. Because Christian's kind of, you know, he's, he's maybe 15, 10, 15 years younger than I am, but he's kind of like a little brother or even like a son. I call him Yetito. He's like my little son. So he's like begging me like a dad, like a kid would do his dad. He's like, hey, come, or a little brother. He's like, hey, come out and swim with us. Come on, come on. We're going. You got to come too. And so I'm like, fine. So I go out there and they're standing there and they're like, okay. And they're just barely putting their toes in the water. And then this is so symbolic of who I am. I'm like, dude, if I'm doing this, I am doing it. Okay. Once I make the decision that it's a go, it is a hundred percent go with me. I'm not going to pussyfoot around on it. If I'm going in, I go in. And so I go stand at the edge of this, of this, the boat where the, the canoe, where the, the canoe docks. And I just do a swan dive straight up a swan dive right into the river where there's piranhas and everything else. <laughs> I'm not kidding guys. And I'm like, what the hell? Why not? I mean, come on, what else is going to happen? If they say it's safe, I got it. Just go with it. And I'm imagining, you know, these piranhas are going to eat me. Well, I start swimming and I back in my, my earlier days of my life, I swam a lot. So I love swimming. Swimming is like second nature to me. I was on swim teams. I did a whole bunch of stuff. So swimming is, when I was in Boy Scouts, I swam a mile. I mean, that's just, I love swimming. So I start swimming, you know, back and forth on the river. And they're like, Yeti, you're going too far. You're going too far. But it was amazing. It was amazing. It was, it's, it's truly, it's like there's so many moments on this trip that felt like they were straight out of a movie. And it was just surreal to be sitting there. And I even recorded a little bit of a video of, of, us doing it out there of us swimming out there and it's just it was incredible and for somebody who you know i've struggled with weight issues i've struggled with those kind of issues in my life for me to just take these moments on head on and go for it it felt incredible it really did and just to let go and i don't i 
what I love even more is I didn't let go because of drinking or, or smoking some weird herb that they were putting out of there because I don't do any of that. I let go because I found that confidence in myself to let go. That was incredible. That was truly incredible. What a moment. So, um, swam with the piranhas, which was really cool. Had a few things nibble on us, but <laughs> but nothing, no, no injuries were occur- occurred, which was great. And then that night, it was straight to bed. Everybody was exhausted, and uh, we got some good sleep. Next day, we go out and go out on the canoes, and we're going through this, one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen on planet Earth. This absolutely gorgeous lagoon. And if you if you go to my Instagram, guys, you will see pictures of this lagoon that are just spectacular. And Nishat, earlier on in her, I don't, I don't know when it was, to be honest, but she went there with her boyfriend. And she said that when she went there with her boyfriend, that they... Um, that the whole landscape was very different. That, because when we went to Cuyabeno, the water level was much higher. And so everything was this crystal clear glass. Just incredible. And she said, you know, when I was here before, the water level was so much uh, lower that it didn't look anything like this. And so it was just really it helped me to really understand what an incredible time frame it was for us to be there and for us to capture that. So the really cool thing is we were, there's these trees because the water level does go down. There's these trees that are in the middle of this lagoon. It's, it's really a surreal looking, almost unearth like environment. And so I picked a tree and we drove the canoe up to this tree that's surrounded. I mean, surrounded, surrounded by water. Nishat goes to the front of the canoe, gets out of the canoe, climbs up this tree. And as soon as we put her in the tree and I put the drone in the air, she starts getting eaten alive by the bugs. Just absolutely eaten alive. So we throw bug repellent up to her. She's spraying herself down, spraying leaves that she put underneath her just to keep the bugs off. And I have to give her tons of uh, tons of props because as she's up there, you can see the bugs. You can see the grimace on her face. And she just toughed it out and did some amazing shots. We shot it with flash. Christian's holding the flash. It's really, I'm going to be real. It's, it's, it's really a very difficult area. I mean, you talk about me increasing the difficulty level on doing a shoot. You know, most photographers are just, you know, putting a girl up and shooting them and putting a fake background and all this jazz. And here I am taking a canoe out into the middle of water where there's piranhas and bugs and anacondas and everything else putting her up in trees but that's what i love i I love living for these moments where you create something that is truly authentic and nobody else has ever done to me that's the making of legendary work so christian is standing at the the at the front of this canoe holding the strobe with his arms above his head and then we with with we would get Victor, our guide in Cuyabeno, he would get uh, paddles with the canoe instead of using the engine and just paddle us to to angle the canoe so Christian would be out of my shot and he'd almost be at that 45 to 90 degree angle away from the model strobing the light and I would be able to take some incredible shots. That was super, super cool. Really, really enjoyed that experience. 
And again, the shot did an incredible job. Later that night, um, and there's a video up on on uh, Instagram of this, we went and shot um, one of the most beautiful sunsets I've ever shot. And it was in the middle of this lagoon. And you talk about these magical moments where you just are so grateful for your life and so grateful for, uh, at least I'm so grateful for my life and what I'm able to, to do. And it's um, surreal is the best way to put it. Absolutely surreal to be in these moments and to create work and to realize that what you're doing is so special. At least it's special to you. And that's really all it needs to be is special to you. And so just this incredible sunset, we're taking video, we're taking pictures, just, I hope if you're listening to this, that you'll join me on a trip down there one day, because this is one of the the places on earth that I think a lot of people, at least photographers would truly appreciate and love. And, um, just an incredible, incredible moment. Um, I shot that with the, the uh, again, with the A9, with the Canon 11-24 to lens. And uh, one of my favorite sunset pictures ever. Because it's very rare that you're going to be actually standing in water to that extent. You know, not like standing on the edge, but standing in water and getting a shot of the tree with the sunset behind it, with the ripples of the water and the lagoon. And it's just crystal clear. It's just, it was truly beautiful. So... Um, the next day we get up, we travel by canoe again with Victor to get to a forest where we're supposed to find anacondas and caiman, which is their version of a crocodile or alligator. And, um, we get in there and Victor apparently hadn't been in this area of the Amazon for, and this is like a little island inside of the Amazon. This is all inside the really dense area of the Amazon. And um, he hadn't been there since COVID. So, and he's, he's on the older side. So he forgot where he was going. So he would take off and go away from us and be gone for like an hour. And I remember having conversations with Nishat and Christian. And we were laughing like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, we're truly like in the middle of the Amazon and there's, we have no guide. But I'm not going to lie. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. We actually would take the time where he was off doing that stuff and, and do photo shoots or whatever else, which was really a lot of fun. Well, when Victor did join us again, we're walking on, on a, we're walking, you know, in the jungle and he stops and he gets his knife and he bends over and he starts to pick at the, the, um, the dirt and he picks and picks and picks and he finally uncovers like a hollow uh, area of the dirt and he sticks his hand on there and picks up an ant. This ant is about one and a half to two inches long. It's huge. It's the biggest ant I've ever seen in my life. He looks at me and says, are you hungry? And I kind of laughed. And then he got the ant and he chucked it in his mouth. <laughs> Freaking Bear grill style. And I'm like... Did you really just eat that? And he says, yeah, it tastes like chocolate, cocoa. And I say, are you serious? And he goes, yeah, do you want one? Now, the problem that I have is I have these these conflicting ideas where at one point I want to do it, but at another point I really like, am I really about to eat this? But then the other side, I mean, it's like, again, those two little fedoras, one on the left and one on the right shoulder. And I'm like, 
But I, how do I say no? I can't say no. I mean, I'm going to regret it if I don't do it. So I get my phone ready to record this. I get the ant. I huck it in my mouth. And I just crunch it and eat it and go for it. Well, guess what? My phone runs out of memory about one second into this. And I'm so involved with having an ant in my mouth. And I don't notice that it's not recording. Everyone's laughing. It's this really cool moment. And then I go to watch it on my phone and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Are you serious right now? So I told Victor, I need another ant. So here, because I have to have it on camera, because I have to show it, I have to eat ant number two. So he finds me another ant and I chuck it in my mouth. And guys, I don't know how to describe it. It did taste like cocoa. I have no idea why. It's ridiculous. It was gross. Okay. And there is nothing like picking ant legs out of your teeth. Because this is a big freaking ant. I talked Christian into eating one. Nashat wouldn't have any of it. She's like, I'm not doing it. So that, that was quite an experience. Quite an experience. Well, Victor goes wandering around. We finally get out of this Amazon, uh, this, this particular island that we were on. And we get out of there and get back to the canoe. About, honestly, three, four hours later. It was only supposed to be about an hour, but it's three, four hours later. Then they take us to an abandoned camp. This was awesome. This was an abandoned camp that used to be like the other camps like we're staying at. But this one was old and abandoned and half of it was burned down. And just everything me about it. Just an incredible place. Um, there's an old boat ramp that leads up to it. There's a, a old, uh, the main house. Where in the past somebody would have stayed or they would have cooked up in there. We get there, start doing this beautiful shoot of Nashat, and just a massive rainstorm comes in. So Victor and the, the the canoe driver, Miguel, they get food and everything else, and then they start a fire underneath this lodge area. I just lodge. It's like it's just guys imagine an old burned out shack. That's what it was. But at least we could get out of the rain. And then they fed us lunch and we're eating under a fire under a massive rainstorm. Just, I don't know. I, I, I might describe some of the stuff and some people may think I'm not, I'm not ever, I would, I have no attraction in doing that. But for me, it's life and it's, I just absolutely love it. After the rain left, we went to an area and fished for piranhas got in the canoe and went into the the river and they got sticks as 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 rudimentary as you can get they got sticks put a line on it and threw it in and got some meat and threw it into the river well they would catch they were catching piranhas they, it was like incredible and then you're like we're swimming in this stuff oh yeah okay we're we're like this is what we swim in yeah oh my gosh so they're pulling piranhas out then they pull out this this pretty big piranha. And Victor looks at us. Now, Victor, again, is in his mid-60s, maybe early 70s. And he had this, looked like a growth on his lip. Of course, I'm not going to ask him what it is. That'd be rude. He, you know, when I first met him, but you do notice it. It's very noticeable. And then 
he goes on to explain as we're catching these piranhas that he got that three years ago from doing exactly what we're doing and holding a piranha too close to his face and the piranha bit his lip and almost ripped his lips off. (laughs) I'm like, why did you put it that close to your face? Anyway, so then Miguel, he's, he's in the back, the boat, the canoe uh, driver, he's in the back catching piranhas. Victor's catching piranhas. They give me a fishing pole. I'm catching piranhas. And then Miguel, then we catch a big one. Miguel's, everybody's catching them. We catch a big one and then, then um, Miguel comes up and says, hey, do you want to hold the piranha? And I say, how do you freaking hold a piranha? Literally, you put your your fingers. He showed me. Christian and Nashat wouldn't do it. But, of course, I have to do it. You put your fingers under the gills. And you're literally holding the piranha underneath its, what in essence would be its neck. And your fingers are inside of it. It was crazy. And this thing had some freaking teeth on it, dude. It is something else to look at a piranha and to take a stick and pull its lips up. And you see these teeth and you're like, wow. Yeah, now I can see why it just about ripped Victor's lips off. And this is the stuff you guys have have us swimming with. But, you know, I guess we're friends, right? (laughs) So... That was really cool. We got some really cool shots of that. I did not put it close enough to my lips. I actually like my lips not ripped off by a piranha. So I like to keep my lips the way that God made them. So at any rate, we did that, which was really fun. Um, And then that night we went home. And when you go home, and when I say home, I mean the camp. But that night, every night that you go home, you have the flashlights running and you're looking for wildlife. And so as we're going back to the camp... um, you see these eyes, and these eyes, like I said earlier, they're bloodshot red demon eyes. And it's the caiman. And when the caiman look at you, their eyes are blood red. And it's really creepy when they're in the water, which they almost always are, because then you get a reflection of their eyes in the water. So you're looking at four red eyes looking at you. And that's if there's only one caiman. So we went caiman... Uh, not hunting, we didn't hunt them, but we went, came in you know, searching and found some really cool stuff. Not really, that's more of an adventure kind of a thing, not really a photographic kind of a thing because it's too dark, number one. And number two, um, they run away fast. If uh, the smaller ones, if you get a bigger one, then they'll they'll stay. But um, we got some really, just really, really cool moments. And uh, it's just, some of these things are just so unbelievable. The next morning uh, is our second last morning there. Um, We go and um, I'm doing my steps in the morning. Now, this is a funny story because, again, I'm trying to get my steps in because I hate doing my steps at night. I hate owing steps and getting them in before the clock hits. So I like to get them done in the morning. So I'm trying to get as many as I can done in the morning on these wooden walkways at the campground. And so um, I'm walking around. I have my headphones on and... um, I I come walking down the pathway and I see Nishat's cabin doors open. That's it's a cabana, so that's what you would call it, a cabin. I see Nishat's cabin doors open and then she's standing on the porch. Now, mind you, I have my headphones on, so I can't really hear her at all. And she has this panicked look on her face. So I pull my headphones down. And I look at her and I said, in Spanish, she said, what's wrong? And then I look inside. Now, I'm about 100 
feet away at least. I look inside through the door and there's a fire. There's a fire in her cabin. And then I turn to the left. I hear, you know, like when you hear somebody running on a wood plank, like a pier or a dock or something like that. I look to my left and I see Christian has two tin cups, which would do nothing, with water. And he's running towards us. Well, apparently Nishada told him that there was a fire. So I, I didn't know any of that. But I look inside and I see the fire. And I said in the shot, I un fuego. Is there a fire? Yes, yes. Ayúdame, ayúdame. Help me, help me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I run over there. Apparently the candle that that was used to repel mosquitoes and everything else, she had lit inside of the cabin, which normally would be fine because the base of these cabin of these candles had a metal frame to it. Well, the problem was she tried to put it out. It didn't work. And apparently she put wa- she dumped water on it. And when she dumped water, the fire spread to the outside of the candle, to the outside of the, the metal frame, onto the floor. Well, I run in there, and I look at this, and I'm like, this is a nightmare. This whole place could blow up. So, um, good, bad, or otherwise, I grab, I didn't even think about it. I grabbed the metal container that held the the, the candle. I, I picked it up while it was, I mean, this thing was flat out burning and went and threw it on the, the cabin outside. And then I went inside and stamped out the fire with my feet. Um, and I'm really glad that I did that instead of Christian running in with the water, because if you put more water on, it's only going to spread that candle wax. That was the problem. It was spreading candle wax with fire. And so, yeah, that was, that was something we laughed about quite a bit. Laughed after it was over and everybody was safe. Nobody was hurt. Uh, Everything was fine. No damage done because the candle wax was burning. But had that gone much longer, that could have been much worse. So don't do that, guys. If if you are if you need to extinguish a fire or something, then uh, do it with um, your breath or something. Don't do it with water. <laughs> At least if you're using um, something like candle wax, it's like trying to put out fire. You know, with just don't do it. So that, that day we went out. We went looking for, for some other abandoned stuff. Victor and the crew told us there was another abandoned stuff because they know, they came to learn that I really liked that kind of stuff. But um, but where we went, it had been wiped out by the time we got there. So then I said, let's just go back to the lagoon. I want to get another sunset shot. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but we were up there a little bit early. It was about 2 o'clock. And by that point, it was an absolute deluge of rain, absolute downpour. And if there's one thing I've learned, guys, when you're out doing these things, if you're paying for the canoe and everything else, and if you're paying, if it's your, if it's your tour, then you take the leadership role and you, you go with that leadership role and you do it. And so we went out and did, um, we went out and we're driving and I mean, it's pouring, pouring. And, um, Victor wants to go drive us in the middle of this list of this lagoon and wait for three hours for sunset. And I said, Victor, if we stay out here, we're going to drown. This boat's going to take on too much water. I mean, and plus, it's going to be absolutely miserable. Well, what else do you want us to do? Well, there's a lot of things we could do. We could, you know, like, I don't know, go to one of these offshoot islands. We could go under trees. And I said, well, here's the best idea. How far away is that abandoned camp you took us to, you know, yesterday? Oh, it's about 45 minutes away. Let's go. Well, we should stay. Nope, let's go. 
I'm not standing out here for three hours of rain. The sunset's still three and a half hours away. So we go we go back to that camp and that was that was crazy. We took all the stuff out of the canoe because it was it was a torrential downpour. And I, I mentioned earlier how it had how this abandoned camp had these walkways. Um, well, these walkways are really elevated because when the water level's higher, um, they need to you know have these elevated walkways so the you know the elevated water when it is more elevated, you know it still gives people access to um, you know to the bridge or not the bridge but to that dock area. Well, luckily the water level was low enough um, to where we could sit underneath it and get some respite from the rain. Well, what I did was I took that tarp that they that they would use to protect gear and Christian and I hopped up onto the top of this broken down dock and we put the tarp above us. Then we built a fire underneath and we sat there and waited out the storm. Luckily I had a couple cliff bars in my bag. I gave the cliff bar one to then a shot and then uh, Christian and I split one. Um and we took pictures. Just fun pictures, just fun times. It's it was just really cool. And even though it was our last day and it was a bummer that you know, that it got rained out, we still we still found something really worthwhile and fun to do even in the, in the middle of all of that. And yes, it would have been amazing to get another sunset at the lagoon, but that wasn't in the cards. And so just an incredible experience. We went back to the lodge, or excuse me, the camp, um, and um, that was it. That was it. That was the trip. We woke up the next day. That was a long trip home. Then we had to take three hours canoe ride back. And then we had another eight hours drive up to Quito from, from down in Cuyabeno. But it was an incredible experience. And I really want to thank Christian for helping set it up and for being such an incredible friend. I want to thank Nishat for, for coming on this trip and really um, being a real trooper and not complaining and really working hard to to make all of this happen. And um, I'm very grateful to all of them. I'm grateful for the to the tribe. And I'm grateful uh, to have these life experiences. And if there's one thing that I really took away from this trip more than anything, and yes, I have some incredible pictures and videos to share with all of you. And yes, I want to take groups down there. If there's one thing that I have to share, it's live. Just live. Let go of those inhibitions that are holding you back and live. And that would be the word uh, of advice that I would like to leave with all of you with this uh, with this podcast. So thank you, guys. I really, really love you, and I'm very grateful to all of you. So... Thank you so much for listening. Um, make sure to go to jasonlanier.com slash register. If you guys want to hit me up at a workshop, I'm going to be going to Texas in San Antonio in about 10 days. That'll be really fun. Um, and then make sure to go to patreon.com slash photography if you would like to get any, um, if you'd like to do some online learning with me, editing, critiquing your images, all of those types of things. And I would love to, uh, to have you join me there. So. I love you guys. I'm super grateful to all of you. Uh, and thank you for listening. Make sure to uh, give this uh, this podcast a thumbs up and a rating and a review. And um, and thanks, guys. I love you. So until next time, keep shooting. Never give up on your dreams. Find a work that works for you. And remember, you only have one chance to get it right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.